day and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM. Try your blood. Good afternoon, listeners. It's so great to be back with you. Technical faults and all, I might have to put some new batteries in Lloyd's headset. But you know what? Let me welcome you to the program. And maybe I'll put some music on while I go. No, I'm, this. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm you're in. back. But I, but I am struggling a little bit to, <laughs> to hear. Hey, welcome welcome to our listeners all over Australia. I think we've got 109 stations on all over the country from one end to the other. And we're and glad growing. to be back. We're very, very glad to be back. We've been away, Hunty, for I think the best part of how long? We we went oh, off end of the year, end of last year. We went off just before Christmas, so six weeks or more. So we're glad to be back, and a lot's happened. Hunty's had a great, big, long, relaxing holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? Uh, we've been busy, mate. We've been rebuilding our studio. Well, before that, did you go on holidays? I had a lovely time. I took my caravan. And yeah, where did my you missus, go? We went north. We went north to Kingscliff. It was fantastic. Just remind people what you do when you're going on holidays. <laughs> it's a bit naughty. I like to, um, what's the word, free camp. Which yeah. means hook the caravan on and we disappear and we stop where we think no one will catch us. <laughs> Is this, uh, did you get caught this year? Nope. Were you camping on the beach? We camped on beaches and in near beaches and on mountains looking over beaches and in car parks and... Uh, how did you find it? Because is this your first real holiday, long holiday? Because <laughs> usually you were going in your Toyota van. My coaster um, bus, coaster yeah. bus. Yep. How did you, and that was what, what, what would you call that? That was more a, a motorhome, was it? Yes, yeah, a motorhome, and, um, not as luxurious as my current caravan. How would you compare the two? Would you rather go in the motorhome or would you rather go in the Horses caravan? for courses, it's very hard to say. The... Um, the motorhome was very stealthy, and I could fit it into a car parking space in a Woolworths car park. The caravan, I cannot even get into a Woolworths car park. But you're so, a pretty good backer and a pretty... I know that for a fact, so it wouldn't Too be. wide, too long. It wouldn't even fit in a double space. Okay. Yeah. But so. you had a good holiday. Then you came back here, and you have been working really... I can, I can tell you, <laughs> listeners, I think in the entire time he's been with us, he's been working as hard as he's ever done, and most of the work you've done by yourself. What have you been doing? Oh, well, look, we, you know how we got completely smashed by the floods last year? Mm. Lost our studio, nearly a couple of metres of mud inside it and underwater. And so we recovered our insurance, uh, we recovered our equipment, we got given a beautiful new studio to use, which we've just about got set up. And this is um, our first broadcast on all our new equipment. And uh, we're about to go into our television broadcasting too. Is that, well, recording, we is that correct? We are about to go into our That's TV tomorrow. Stuff. Yeah. So this is a bit, and now are you actually finished or have you still got a bit oh, of work there's a to lot do? Of, there's a lot of work to do, but we're ready to shoot tomorrow. How much work you reckon you got left on the studio? By the way, the studio's in Richmond in northwest Sydney. It is. Is it above the high water mark? Can we get flooded here? Okay, the owner of the property tells me that it's never been flooded before. But my place... But it's never. on Richmond River near the Richmond Bridge, and I, I came here the last time it flooded, and that was water all around. Well, my place had never, where we had the previous <laughs> studio, had never been flooded either. Is it, is it actually called the Richmond River or the Hawkesbury? 
Oh, the Richmond Bridge is on the Hawkesbury, isn't it? No. Oh, look, I don't know. I, I was know. actually genuinely interested. Oh, now it floods down from Warragamba down through the, the, the Nepean. Yeah, so. that's the problem with our fl- floods. Um, yeah. Warragamba, Warragamba Dam is what did me in last time. Hey, it is February the 21st. 2023. You yes. want to know some things that happened on this I day? I would love to. In 1965, Malcolm X was assassinated. You know who he is? I don't. He is a very, probably the most famous of all the black power leaders in the United States of America. Interesting thing about Malcolm X is he was a Muslim. But you want me to tell you something, a little, uh, little bit of interesting um, on the side stuff. His mother was a Seventh-day Adventist. Yeah. Now, I don't know whether that's a sad wow. thing or a, because he, Malcolm X himself was a pretty militant sort of a fellow. And he got, in the end, he got assassinated, which was pretty sad. Uh, 2018, so that was in 1965. In 2018, Billy Graham, do you know who, who he is, Hunter? I do. Great evangelist. Do you know how old he was when he died? How old? His wife, when she died, was over 100. He was 99 years old when he died. He lived a wow. long, full life, very powerful evangelist. A lot of people be in heaven and know Jesus to this day because of Billy Graham. My dad went to a, a Billy Graham crusade here in Sydney. He reckoned it was one of the most amazing experiences he ever had. And I said, can Billy Graham preach? He went, oh, boy, can that guy <laughs> preach. Yeah. So, and, and I watch him a little bit on, on YouTube. And when you listen to him preach, he preached with power and you can feel the spirit. And he was certainly an interesting guy. He died at 99 in 2018 1916 this one history you know I'm a bit of a history buff that's why I like this little segment Uh, the Battle of Verdun began World War I in France have you ever heard of that? I haven't the biggest battle of World War I you know how many men died on both sides? oh dear 300,000 that's terrible that was a huge huge battle in the war was it a turning point? no not really the war went for another couple of years Uh, in 1848 the Communist Manifesto have you ever heard of that? Written by Karl Marx and Frederick Engels. And it was, this manifesto is a periodical magazine which used to come out, was very influential in the rise of communism in the world. So that's not a good thing. In 1804, first steam engine made its appearance. Hey, Hunter, you're into this sort of stuff. I do like steam Where do you think yep. the first steam engine came from? Uh, Robert Louis Stevens in England. No, close, oh. close, close, close. <laughs> Wales. Oh. And that was, that was in 1804. 1948. Now, this is a big event in your calendar as well. The launch of NASCAR. Well, I do like NASCAR. Yeah, where it was incorporated. NASCAR is a North American. I don't know what it means. Car. Is that what it means? Well, I don't North, know what, North American. Speedway. Speedway, yeah, something. <laughs> yeah, well, probably the biggest racing circuit in the world, I reckon, to this day. Even bigger than Formula One, I think. When Formula it comes one. to actually money generated crowds that go, it is huge. Okay. Um, right. In 2022, this is a pretty sad one. Ru- Russian President Vladimir Putin declares that the Luhansk People's Republic and the Donetsk People's Republic as independent of Ukraine. He moves troops into the region. The action was condemned by the United Nations until three days later. Three days later, the war started and we're still burdened down by that war. Um, very sad, that one, Hunty. Yeah. A lot of people died. They reckon that uh, up to 2,000 Russian soldiers a day are dying in that war. That's a lot of people. And who knows how many Ukrainians. Um, 1986 on this day, Sh- Charlotte Church. I have no idea oh, where she who... comes from. Is she Welsh? Or... Um, yeah, I'm assuming it's a beautiful voice of an angel. She was born. She's a soprano, eh? Yes. Uh, yeah. How about this guy, 1938, Bobby Charles? Uh, billiards? Pool? No, no, he's a singer. 
<laughs> I think there was a Charles, but I don't think it was Bobby Charles. I thought you might have got Bobby Charles. And this uh, uh, 1955 Kelsey Grammer. Oh, yeah, Fraser. I know him. Yeah, he was born. Uh, and in 1910, what about this? This is the last one. 1910, Douglas Bader was born. You know who he is? No. He is the most famous fighter pilot of World War II. Lost a leg. Compl- no, lost both his legs. Ended up getting artificial legs. He was so determined to get back in his Spitfire that he and, and they said there's no chance. It's just a um, the movie is called Reach for the Sky. I think the book too, Reach for the Sky, story of Douglas Bader, the greatest fighter pilot uh, of World War Two. So that is this day in history, Hunty. Wow. Let's hope that this is a better day than a lot of the past days were because <laughs> there's some pretty dark stuff in that. And we want to welcome you again to our program. We're glad you're here. We've got some uh, interesting stuff lined up today, Hunty. We do. We've got um, one of our favourite guests who we had featured a few times last year, and that's Harold Harker. Well, he's almost a constant, isn't he? He is a constant and a great man. And we've got a reporter today from Alice Springs. Yeah, talking about a little bit of the problems and the challenges and the struggles they're having out there in Alice Springs. Now, before we start, I'd like to pray yeah. because this is a, uh, although we start off a, a, a little lighter and we're going to talk about some news in a moment, this is a program about Jesus and it's about why Jesus is worthwhile uh, for you to look at, um, to think about and even to follow. And so I want to ask you, Hunty, if you don't mind, yes. for our first program this year, if you wouldn't mind uh, praying for us. I would. Okay, listeners, um, we're so grateful you've joined us. Let's bow our heads together. Unless you're driving, <laughs> keep your eyes open. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this great opportunity to be on Rowdy this afternoon. Lord, thank you for all our awesome listeners that have tuned in. Lord, I pray that we'd be a blessing to the listeners this afternoon and that you will speak through my mate Lloyd as he opens the Bible and, uh, and gives a message of hope. So, Lord, please bless our listeners and our program this afternoon, Lord. In your precious name I ask. Amen. Amen. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Okay, I'm really struggling there, Hunty. I'll have to talk to you in this song. Do you have the ruddy sheet page on your screen? <laughs> I do, but I can't hear any of the, the sting or anything oh, in between. Oh, no. Okay, we could talk about that we'll when we're offline. We'll while while we yeah. listen to this beautiful song, this is a, probably one of my favourites. I've played it a lot on this program. It's from Fountain View Academy up there in Canada, a group of kids. They can really sing. They put out beautiful music. Go, well, I was going to say go tell on the mountain, but it's not. It's tell, tell the mountain. On the, yep. <laughs> Foothills of sorrow Looking up from the valley of fear You can see doubt off in the distance And you're about to lose heart right here But don't ever give in, don't ever give up God is with you and you'll overcome The mountain will tell you Promise So you tell the mountain 
the trials he's brought you through And when his power gave you strength for the journey doubt that they say the mountain's too high, but it never is, hunty. No. The mountain's never too high when you've got Jesus Christ on your side. Now, um, I said we had a bit of a technical problem. <laughs> we sure do. And we do, but hunty, <laughs> Hunty's patched it up a little bit, and we're, we're yeah. doing our best. We, and, don't, we are. And this is the first time we've used this studio, so I expect to have a few technical problems. Whew, I don't, but it looks like they're coming anyway. Ah, well, it's life in the fast lane. That's it. I don't mind. We, as long, long as we can get through it together, we'll That's be right. That's right. Um, yeah. A couple of news items that I found interesting, Hunty. This one, a conspiracy theory I'd never even heard about. Until the last few days. Yep. What's happening in the world is they're trying to make these 15-minute cities. Do you know what a 15-minute city I is? I do, and I love the idea. Yes, yeah, so do I. Yeah. It's, it's the idea, isn't it, that everything that you need is within 15 minutes of your home. Yes. Now, having sat in Sydney traffic oh, almost every day of my life for the last do. 22 years, I find it a beautiful thing that... They've got an idea that I can reach everywhere within 15 minutes. Now, where, nice. where I am, I'm actually not far away from that. I can reach my shopping centre in about five. Yep. I can reach the train station in about five. Your I church. can reach my church in ten. Yep. Maybe 15 at yep. the most. And I, but, but my workplace here, that's probably... Half an hour. Oh, that's on a good day, bro. Yeah, okay. has to be a very good day for it okay. to be half an hour. Yep. Usually a little, little bit of... A so you're, you're in the zone then. You're within I am within in the 15 minute zone, but what, yeah. the, what the conspiracy theory says, and I can see a little bit of sense to it, is it is an attempt by authorities, believe it or not, this is a conspiracy theory, to lock us down in our community so we can't move. And they're seeing a day in the not-too-distant future where they're saying you would have to have very special permission to leave that 15-minute zone. Now, I've not heard that. Hmm. Well, that's what this article, that's what this newspaper article is saying. And it's, I've not heard anyone in Australia suggest that for a second. Well, apparently it's sweeping Australia. Uh, in, it's, in, it's, in the it's conspiracy in, theory circles, not actual government suggesting well, you're, 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 you No, there are governments. In Australia, they are trying to do it. 
Really? Yeah, definitely. They, 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 um, they would like to vision that 15-minute city zone. But the conspiracy theory has been apparently in conspiracy circles. I don't hang around in conspiracy circles yeah. a whole lot, Hunty. I do a little bit. Yeah, I know you do. But the words coming to my mind are, over my dead body, will someone lock me within 30 minutes of mass? I've done that with COVID already. Well, you're you're claustrophobic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got claustrophobic in Norfolk Island. Yes, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> I think where they're getting this from is the idea that, oh, with the EVs, electric vehicles now, I think we're getting charged two and a half cents a kilometre. Mm. We're being told that in the not-too-distant future we won't be able to take petrol or diesel vehicles into town. the cities, that's right. cities. It's already happened in Europe. You can't take diesel cars into most cities now. Yeah, and, and so people are getting a little bit um, toey about these sorts of things. Do you think there's anything to it? Um, well, I don't believe it'll ever get passed through government that the residents will be locked to within 30 minutes of their house. Okay. I can't say that ever. So there's nothing happening. to this conspiracy theory? No, I think it's a great idea for greenhouse gases and emissions and, 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 and using fuel to move people. I think it's a great idea to save their planet and save energy. Let's do it. But as far as who can visit whose friend who's in another suburb 45 minutes away, never going to happen. Yeah, probably not. Mm. I don't think there's anything to that conspiracy theory. I agree with you. It reminds me what the Bible <laughs> do says. Do we agree for the first time? <laughs> uh, we agree a lot, bro. We do. Um, reminds me what the Bible says. Bible says specifically, don't listen to conspiracy theories. And it's true. True. Don't get caught up in conspiracy theories. Don't get lost in conspiracy theories. Are some of them true? Yeah, probably. Mm. But if you go down that rabbit hole, Hunty, That's right. I, I mean, this is a big warning from me to our listeners. Yep. Don't get mixed up in the conspiracy theories. I don't care whether it's the uh, vaccination conspiracy 5G theories. 5G phone 5G towers. 5G tower conspiracy yes. theories. Flat Earth conspiracy theories. Or this one, which is the 15-minute city conspiracy theories. Don't get sucked up into them. You go down that rabbit hole. thing is, people, when they're in conspiracy theories, often don't want to hear this. Yes. But the reality is, it's the truth. Don't get stuck in the conspiracy theories. You go down that rabbit hole, it's very hard to come out. It's about information and how you source your information and how you verify the veracity of your information. You know why I like the Bible? Yes. Because the Bible gives me through prophecy, and we're about to start um, probably next week, Humpty, next Friday night. Not this Friday night, but the following Friday night. Yeah, I'm so excited about this. Yeah, we are. We're about to start a series on the book of Daniel in our brand now. We're saying God willing <laughs> in our brand new studio. In fact, we're doing a couple of things in this studio. I'm also doing a fat to fit program this year, Humpty. Yeah. We're on going from 130, 135 kilograms down to minus 50. 80. 80, yep. I've got to get to 80. I don't think I'll get there this year, but I think I'm going to go a long way. And we're going to do that as a program online as well. But we're doing the prophecy thing on Daniel, and then we're going to go back into Revelation, simply because if you want to know what's going to happen in the future, get into the Bible. Don't listen to the conspiracy theories. Don't go down those rabbit holes. I, I encourage you, avoid them. Stay away. If you want to know what's going to happen in the world, get into your Bible. It's not a conspiracy theory then, Hunty. It's the truth. It's the truth, yeah. It is. It is. It is the straight, outright truth. And that's why I'm not into conspiracy theories. Man, I don't have to be in conspiracy, into conspiracy theories and nor do you. Because we have a rough idea, Hunty. It's, we don't have, we don't have a, a, a right down to the wire on what's going to happen. But we have a rough idea what's going to happen and we know who the players are, Hunty. We do. So avoid the conspiracy theories. And what about this one? A Melbourne waitress gets a huge tip. How amazing is that? I would love to be that wealthy that I could see someone working their way through medical school or whatever and I could give them a $10,000 tip. Wouldn't that be It was be a $10,000 nice? tip. I know, right? 
Oh, how amazing is that? Do people give pastors tips or do they give... Yes, preach shorter sermons. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You reckon if I was to preach shorter sermons, that offering could be a $10,000 tip in it for you, mate? Oh, yeah. I think I could turn the hat around for that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the reality is that New Hope, our sermons are what, about 25? You nailed 25 on Sabbath last. Um only because all our sermons go to TV and they're 28-minute yes. slots. And I want to yep. get some music, whether it's my wife, Liz. And a big shout-out to my wife, Lizzie. She's in Indonesia at the moment, so I'm doing it real tough at home. <laughs> got the whole king-size bed to yourself. Yeah, yeah. I you are doing it tough. Eat, eat whatever I want. and <laughs> Go to not, bed whenever you like. Mate, I go to bed early. I'm not a Lizzie in our marriage. Lizzie's a late one, not me. So $10,000 tip. How beautiful. I just thought that was a good, beautiful. A good news story. And you know what I really liked about this story? She didn't keep it all herself. Didn't she? No, she didn't. What she happened? shared it. She said, shared it with the other waiters. Oh. And wait, now she, I don't know what, 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 uh, you know, how much she shared, but it's still a beautiful thing. Wow. That she chose to share. And this last one, which for me, as an ex, now I, I, I'm, I'm going to admit I'm an ex-surfer. You know what an ex-surfer is? I used to. The used last to time surf. I went surfing was when I was 30, so 29 years ago. Yep. I've lived half my life now without surfing. Am I going to go back into the surf? I reckon if I lose some weight, I might. But this is New Caledonia. Guy gets attacked by a shark, same age as me, 59. Tacks his leg, attacks both his arms, yep. losing copious amounts of blood in the water. Yep. Uh, there was a paddle border there. Brave guy, paddles over, um, puts this guy on his paddle board, and he's He's paddling in, and this great big shark, I'm imagining it's probably a bull shark. Yep. Might have been a tiger, but probably a bull. Um, most likely over there in New Caledonia, the water's a bit warmer. Not going to be a great white. So probably a bull shark. This thing's following him in right into knee-deep water. They get the guy off. Mm. They couldn't save him. He lost so much blood, and he died. <sighs> there was a policeman there with a gun, and this shark is hanging right around the shore, and they... The, the, the witnesses, those who saw it, the eyewitnesses are begging the cop yep. to shoot the thing. Yep. But he didn't. But here's the interesting thing. In that exact place in the last four weeks has been this was the third attack. I think they might have a killer. Yeah. Don't, don't we have a policy here in Australia that we, we kill a shark who takes a human? Look, I don't know whether we do. But the problem with that is the shark will bite and then swim away. So how do you know? Unless, it, unless that shark eats a human, a pretty macabre sort of discussion, isn't it? Yeah. and eats Sorry. the person, <laughs> and you, you open the shark up. How would you know whether it's the shark or not? Right. But there's something horrifying, isn't there, about a shark attack? Terrible. You know why I left surfing, and this is the truth. Yeah, was that sharks? Really? I reckon I, I don't know too many guys that left surfing because of sharks. But I left surfing simply because I just – and we did some crazy things when I was young. <laughs> you know, you know, up the top end of the Gold Coast there, uh, at the end of the spit, yep. there's a channel yep. between – is it South Australia and, and, and the uh, Gold Coast? And that channel would be Miami. about yep. – um, oh, it'd be about 400 metres wide. Yep. The fishermen reckon when they go through that channel, it's the bar, Southport Bar. Yep. When they go through that – that bar that the sharks will follow them as they throw all their and we would we would we would paddle across that channel to get to the surf at South Strati. Yeah, wow. And I would go surf and buy myself down at places like Black Rock and that in dirty water. Amazing stuff. Well. So look, that's a little bit of news to start the year off. Um, good news with the tip. Um, yeah, with the sadness and the heartache and the pain that things like shark attacks and death cause when you see people 
out there with conspiracy theories, lying and misleading people, I think you can look up and know that Jesus is coming very soon. Amen. You're listening to The Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. This next song from Woody Wright and Gary McSpadden. Uh, Gary McSpadden was a pastor and he died a year or two back. Wonderful singer. Woody Wright, he's still around. Both kind of lean themselves to country music a bit. Both Americans, both sang a lot for um, Gaither. Yep. So yeah, if you listen to Gaither videos, Gaither music, you're going to hear these guys. This is a beautiful song. Just before we play the song, I want to tell you what it's about, Hunty. Yes, please. It's about the fact that when Jesus comes into your heart and into your life, he sets you free. What does that mean? He sets you free from your addictions, yep. from the sins that have got a hold of you that you cannot beat. And the guilt. From the pain, from the guilt. Yep. He really is wonderful. We've got Jesus in your life. You might still be doing it tough on this earth, but I'll tell you what, you are free, and that's what this song's about. For a long time I traveled Down a long, lonely road My heart was so heavy You sin I sank low Then I heard about Jesus
song. I nearly blurred. Why? I nearly, I nearly started talking in the middle of the last part of the song. Ah, uh, that's not like you. <laughs> no, I was you, watching the timer. You, you normally know that sort of stuff, <laughs> so you, you've missed that. I have. Um, we've got a few teething problems here today, and we'll, we'll get through it and we'll be away. Um, yes. No doubt about that. Um, I want to share a little bit with our listeners today about the Sabbath. I guess the one thing that Seventh-day Adventists are known for is the Sabbath. And yet most Aussies wouldn't have a clue about the Sabbath, Humpty. Why do we keep the Sabbath? Yes. Why do we celebrate it? Why are we at church on Saturday when the rest of the world, well, Protestant world, is at church on Sunday? It's a really, really good question. It is. Now... To introduce this, I want to share with you a snippet I found online. I, I think you're going to find it really, really interesting. Okay. All right, here we go. Now, so sociologists, just track with me. I like nerded out on this. Sociologists, they did this study a few years ago where they were studying the happiest people on earth. And one of the groups of people they found were happiest is a, a little Christian sect called the Seventh-day Adventists. And you can tell in their name, they're like really religious about keeping the Sabbath. Now, not only were they some of the happiest people on earth, they on, bookmark this in your head. This is going to be real important in about 30 seconds. They on average live 11 years. 11 years. 11 years longer than the average American. Now, can I show you something that's absolutely amazing, all right? This is so, this is so cool. I'm a, I'm, I like numbers. This is so cool. I'm going to show it to you on my calculator so you know I'm not cheating the numbers, okay? Now, let, let me show you this. Let me get the zoom in. So what we just said, so the average lifespan in America, remember, they live 11 years longer than the average American, okay? The average lifespan in America is 77 years, okay? 77 years. Now, but what we want to know for the purpose of this is how many days does the average person live? So all we got to do, obviously, is multiply 77 times 365. The average person is going to live uh, 28,105 days. Okay. Now, what we want to know, though, is, okay, if a person kept the Sabbath in an average lifetime, how many Sabbaths would they observe? So obviously, a Sabbath, the command is once every seven days to take a day of rest, holy unto the Lord. So what we need to do to figure uh, how many Sabbaths would the person observe, obviously, we just got to divide the number of days by seven to get number of Sabbaths they'd observe. So if you do that, the average person in an average lifespan would observe 4,015 Sabbath days over a 77-year lifetime. Now, Okay, cool, fine, that's a great little fact, Josh. Now, I'm just curious, I'm just curious, if you set it in terms of years instead of days, how many years worth of just Sabbaths would a person uh, enjoy during their lifetime? Well, obviously, 365 days in a year, so we just need to divide that number by 365, and we'll know exactly how many years worth of Sabbaths they observed, and guess what it is? Exactly 11. Some of you are like, that's insane. (laughs) And then the rest of you are going, I know this is really cool, but I don't know why. (laughs) Do you know what? Guys, that's insane. Do you know what I just showed you? 
that the average person observes 11 years worth of Sabbath in their lifetime. And that's the exact number to the day, the time that God added to the lifespans of the people that kept the Sabbath. In other words, check this out. God is essentially going, every time you gave me a day, I added one to you. Not bad, hunty. Wow. I actually, look, I don't take too much from that. (laughs) (laughs) What you've got is a guy who's saying that you live 70 or 80 years. In that time, if you were to keep the Sabbath. Now, bear in mind, the man who preached this and was teaching is not a Seventh-day Adventist, not a Sabbath keeper, but he's discovering the Sabbath as Mm. he studies the Bible. Hunty, even looking at you, why would why would I if if you were talking to someone out in the street who was not a Sabbath keeper and, and I think everyone has a different answer for this, so there's no right or wrong. But why would you encourage someone to the Sabbath? Would you say, oh well because if you keep the Sabbath over a lifetime, you're going to give eleven. You're going to keep eleven years of Sabbath, so you'll get eleven years extra of life. Is that how you no, approach it? No, and I'm not going to rush to the the whole Bible time with Jesus thing either. I'm actually going to go to health principles. Well, before you even go that, what do you mean Bible time with Jesus? Well, what? the reason a lot of Christians keep the Sabbath is to commune with their Maker. Yeah, but if I'm talking to someone on the street who's not a Christian and doesn't really believe in God. So you don't Jesus. think that would resonate with someone on the street to say, well, I, no, I celebrate uh, the Sabbath because I'm with Jesus? And No, nah, my atheist and my agnostic and my non-Christian friends, I wouldn't go there. I'd say, look, let me tell you something that's scientifically been proven. If you work seven days a week, you'll stress your body out, you'll pump your blood pressure up, and you'll die of a heart attack. That's documented. Well, not everyone dies of a heart attack. No, but not everyone is, has high blood pressure. It, it, the studies have proven that if you take one day a week, so as would the Bible you, says, would you would you say that you keep you would you would encourage the Sabbath for health reasons? I would start there, and I'd say, but you know what? For me, it's more personal than that. And then I would get into the reasons why I believe I was created by a God who loves me. Okay, fair enough. I think I, I'd probably that that's a good answer. How about, how about you? Yeah, I think I'd probably go. Um, the one you rejected. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think most Aussies, maybe I'm wrong on this too, and, and I can say, you know what, I'm often wrong on, I think I'm an Australian, I call myself the Aussie pastor, I think I'm an Australian, I think I understand Aussie culture, but they do keep surprising me with things they come up with um, and, and how they understand things. And maybe I'm not as Aussie as I think, but I would hope that most Australians might want something deeper with a supernatural being that could change their lives. Most people, you, what do you reckon, Hunter? Do you think most people do want to hear from God if he exists? Do you think they do want to have an experience with God if I'm, he exists? I'm or, saying or, or in, my, in my non-Christian friends, I'm seeing... And you seeing, have a lot of them too. I have a lot of them. I'm seeing the effects of global uncertainty, World War Three, Ukraine, Russia, China. A lot of my friends are coming to me. And they're saying, Hunty, what's going on? And you know, I'm more than happy to sit down and, and share the fact that the Bible is very clear about what's going on and has a proven track record of predicting what's going to happen now and into the future. And that actually takes me back to the prophecies in Daniel, which we'll be starting this week and next week. And so I'm seeing people scared. So scared what's the Sabbath got to do about that? Well, 
I, I start with, look, do you believe you're a happy accident that evolved? Because, you but, know... But, but, it, but if you're going to talk specifically to the Sabbath, and I ask you about the Sabbath, you'll go the health route. Well, I, well yeah, a health route. But I, but I do start back with creation. You either believe you're a creator by God and loves you, or you believe you exploded from nothing with no catalyst. And what's that got to do with the Sabbath? Well, then I go from, from being created by God who loves you, who gave you the Sabbath, so you could be healthier... So you could spend time with him and get to know Jesus, build yourself a relationship with him and therefore a future with him. Mm. Okay, I, I, I'm probably more hardline on this. I, I'm, I'm all about the Sabbath and the reason I keep the Sabbath, celebrate the Sabbath is because it is about time with Jesus and I will preach and teach and try to push people into this idea because it's an idea that I experience and find as a reality that if you were to take the Sabbath off from work, get away from all the sport and everything else, go to church. Yep. Get out in the nature with your family, have yep. a picnic, go for a walk on the beach, get into the rock pools. And my dad used to do, I've, I've mentioned this before, how my dad and mum would take us to the beach on a Saturday afternoon. We lived in Nara. We got some of the best beaches in the world down there, Huskerson. Really? You oh, bet? yeah, actually, you do, Bell's oh, Beach. Yeah. No, Bell's Beach is in Victoria. That's down past Nara. Oh, you were in trouble saying that. That's the other Nara. That's the first clanger on radio <laughs> this year. 2023. Bell's Beach. Ring the bell. Bell's Beach. Bell's Beach is about 200,000 k's from Nara. It's not far. It's a long way. Not a good boat. Oh, dear. Um, it's jet powered. No, I'm thinking Huskisson, Sussex Inlet, yep. Ulladulla, yep. some of those places, and we'd get down there, and mum and dad would take us into the rock pools, and you see God's creation. You get back into it. There's a certain amount of peace, but it's more than that. When you're with God, there's no doubt in my head, Hunty, because I experience this. So on the Sabbath, what sort of day do I have? It's a pretty busy... What oh, sort of day do you have? I know you work pretty hard and, and on the you, Sabbath. Hectic. Hectic. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Very, very busy days. Yes. But we are with church we are in fellowship with other church members. We yep. are in fellowship with our family. We are worshipping God. Yep. We do normally get away by 2 or 3 o'clock, normally. Yep. That's it. So we can go and do other stuff. Um, I find that I get home even after a busy day of Sabbath because I'm a pastor and I'm strangely rested. Yes. And I'm rested because it's not about sleep, although sleep's not a bad idea on Sabbath sometimes too. Like that. It's... It's about being with Jesus. And when you're with Jesus, you know, as you're going through the week and, and life has taken big hunks out of you, it's like getting attacked by one of those sharks, life, hunty. Yeah. It's taken big pieces out yep. of you all over the place. Life does. Yeah, and you get to the Sabbath and you spend the time with Jesus and Bible study and prayer and church and fellowship and out in nature. Man, you know what happens is Jesus puts you back together. And that is a beautiful, beautiful experience. So you're better at the end of the Sabbath and you're ready to go and face another week out there where it really is sometimes very hectic and mm. very painful. Mm. But you've been put back together and you're better placed to go and face it. That's my experience with the Sabbath, Hunty. It's my testimony. I know it's yours. It is. And it's a fact. To me, that's the major thing that the Sabbath offers. Time with Jesus, which heals you and gets you ready to go back out there. Now, I want to show you some Bible texts that you might find interesting. Only three of them, hunty, so I'm yep. not going to go too long here. Three. The first one is in Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 and 7. Just context. There are three angels. And what that actually means in the book of Revelation, there are three great messages that go to the world. That those who follow God are to tell the world. So if you say, Lloyd, why do you have a radio program? Or why do you have a television program? Or why are you online? 
Why are you a pastor? Why do you make such a noise about Jesus? Well, it's because I'm sharing these three messages. And here's the first great message that the Bible says we're to share to the people of the earth as it's coming to, most Christians would say, an end. I know that's a pretty weird idea out there for secular Aussies, oh, that the world is going to end soon. But I actually believe it is. Now, will it? Well, maybe. Maybe it won't. But I think it is. I think there's a lot of signs out there. If you go and read Matthew 24 and Luke chapter 21, two chapters in the Bible that talk about the signs of being the world just before Jesus comes. And you look at them, they're all happening, hunty. It's mm. incredible. We've seen it getting uh, more intense even in our lifetime. I think from about 2001 onwards, seeing these signs that tell us the world is going to end, intensifying. That's why people out there are troubled. They're not sure what's going to happen into the future mm. because those signs are there and they see it. It's just they don't know what's coming. We do. As Christians, we do. For sure. And that's why I have this radio program because if you're not a Christian, if you're not a believer, and if you don't follow Jesus, I'd like to to invite you to consider the fact, the reality that perhaps something is going on and perhaps the Bible does tell us what's going on. Go home, read Matthew 24, Luke 21. If you haven't got a Bible, that's fine. Go online. Go online, auntie. Bible Gateway. There's a whole heap of Bible Hub, Bible Go. There's a whole heap of probably Free, ready to roll. Probably a hundred different sites you can read the Bible on. Go and read Matthew 24 and Luke chapter 21 and ask yourself what is happening and is what the Bible saying. That is that it's the end of the world and that Jesus is coming. That's good news. Yes. Going to look at that in the next week or two. Jesus is coming. Uh, could that be what is occurring on the planet at the moment? Okay, let's go back to the Sabbath because I want to show you something, Hunty. Yep. The first great message that those yep. who love Jesus, love God, followers and believers that give to the secular world. Here it is. Can you read it, mate? Sure. Verse 6 and 7, and what version are you in today? Uh, I think I've got uh, NLT. Okay. Sure. Yep. Um, so this is written by John, right? Revelation. Yeah. Okay, verse 6. And I saw another angel so that's just flying means, through yeah. the sky. That just means, the angel means, I saw another message flying through the sky. It just means another message is right. going to go right around the whole world. So that's what it is. Angel, messenger, another message flying through the sky. Everyone can see it. Here it's going to go around the whole world. How's it going to go around the whole world? Flying through the sky. Well, people like you and me are going to... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Carrying the eternal good news to proclaim to the people who belong to this world, to every nation, tribe, language and people. So, th- so this first message is good news. Good news to everybody. And it's going to go around the whole world. Yes. This is good news, hunty. Yes. You want to hear this. Yes. Verse 7. Fear God, he shouted. Give glory to him. When it says fear God, that actually means respect, respect. God. Yep. Yep. Be in awe of God. Yep. Look at him and just go, wow. Mm. So how do you do that? How do you fear God? How do you give glory to him? Watch this. Okay. For the time has come when he will sit as judge. Worship him who has made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. Worship So the first angel, this great message that's going to go around the whole world says, fear God, look at him. Again, that just means look at him with awe. See his grandeur. See how magnificent and wonderful and incredible he is. How do you do that? You worship him. Who do you worship? He who made, we're going back to creation here, hunty. The heavens, the earth. I want you to note this. Listen to this on radio. If you were here, if this was on television, I'd point it out to you really strongly in the scripture. So you're going to have to listen to this. What what does the scripture say? Worship him. Listen, hunty, who made the heavens, Heavens, the the earth, earth, the sea, sea, and the springs. All the springs of water. You got that? Got it. 
Worship him who made the heavens. I want you to remember this ter- th- this sentence. Mm-hmm. The heavens, the earth, the sea, and all the springs. What, you with yep. me, Hunty? Yep, yep. Okay, go to Genesis 2, 1, and three, 1 to 3. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Okay, got it. At the end of creation, six days, God rests on the seventh day, the Sabbath. So Sabbath was made at the beginning of creation. Yep. Read that first sentence again, Hunty. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. Okay. Now read the last sentence in that first verse, Revelation 14. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. Then read Genesis 2, 1 again. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. Okay, you're seeing a similarity? got it. When it says, worship him who made the heavens and the earth, and Genesis 2, verse 1 to 3 says, he created the heavens and the earth and then gave us what day? The The Sabbath. Sabbath. Could it be that this last great message, because it's using the same words, I'm going to to show you one more verse in a moment that reinforces this, could it be that the last great call to mankind is to worship God with, now there's more than one way of worshipping God, Mm -hmm. but to worship God with the Sabbath at its centre, taking that whole day off, one out of seven, to worship God, to be with God. And when you worship him, then you see how huge and big and awesome and forgiving, hunty, and tolerant and long-suffering with us <laughs> that this great God is who forgives sin, who heals us, who puts us back together, who takes us when no one else will, who gets rid of all the guilt and the pain that's burdening us down on this planet. Worship God and get healed so that you can face these end times. Does does this make sense? Mm, mm, Same mm. words, Hunty. Yes. Worship him who made the heavens and the earth, the sea and the springs of water. That's Revelation 14. Genesis 2, 1. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything that was in them. Same words. It gets even clearer here. We're going to have to hurry because we're running out of time, Hunty. Okay. Exodus 28 to 11. This is the Ten Commandments. Yes. Sabbath is in the middle of the Ten Commandments. Interestingly, our Protestant church, our brothers and sisters, the Protestant churches who belong to us and we belong to them, Hunty. Yep. They're going to take every one of these commandments except the fourth. I don't get it. Yeah. I, I actually, I'm going, to, I'm going to say it on radio around Australia. I have no idea why the Protestant churches, I'm not talking about the Catholic church here, talking about the Protestant church, I have no idea why they don't keep the seventh-day Sabbath. Yeah. Makes no sense to me, mate. Yeah. It's in the Bible. It's in the middle of the Ten Commandments. It's right through Scripture. Sabbath is there from beginning to end. It is in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Big time. I'm going to show that next week, Hunty. Good. Okay, look at this one. This is this is this is God talking to Israel, giving them and the world the Ten Commandments. Go, mate. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest. See that rest thing? Yeah, where you get healed. Yep. yep. Dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and your foreigners living with you. Now, watch, 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 hunty. 
here it is. Verse 11. Same words used in Revelation 14. Mm -hmm. Same words used in Revelation 14 in Genesis 2. Go. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything Mm -hmm. in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Wonderful. So Revelation 14, worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. Genesis 2, so created, so, so the creation of the heavens and the earth. There you go, same yep. words. And then this one, verse 11 in Exodus 24, and six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. Man, I tell you what. Revelation 14 and Exodus 20, you've got almost exactly the same, same message. I want to yep. put it to you that this last great, this three of them, the first great message to the world at the end of the world, is to, it's amazing, Hunty. I love this. The last great message, there's three of them. The first one is to worship God, to come back to the Sabbath. Now, as I finish, way over time, Hunty, <laughs> running our show That's deep okay. over time. That's all right. We don't care. We'll squeeze we'll, one of our next guests. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Harold. <laughs> what I want to do is I want to challenge you, if you have not, Ever. I'm challenging straight, my fellow Aussies. If you've never kept and celebrated the Sabbath, give it a go. Get past what you might think the Seventh-day Adventist Church or any other Sabbath-keeping group is. Get past that. Put aside any biases you've got and go and celebrate a Sabbath. Go to church. Go and find an Adventist church. They're all over Australia. Look it up on Google. You'll find one near you. Yep. Once you've been to church, they normally start 9.30. I think we start... 10. Yep. Once you've been to church, have some lunch. Stay for lunch if they give you lunch. If not, get off and go to the beach. Go for a walk on the beach. Get into rock pools or go down to the forest. Walk through the forest or get yourself in a canoe and canoe down a river and just celebrate and immerse yourself in the nature of God, uh, in the nature and the creation that God made. Mm. Think about God. Celebrate Him. Worship Him. I'll tell you what, you're going to come out stronger, fitter. Faster sounds like Superman, doesn't it? Yep, you're gonna come out better than you've ever been before because you are designed, you are custom designed to take one day out of seven worshiping God, fellowshipping with other believers, and getting healed. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. That study, Hunter, you can tell. There's a great study. I like it. Yeah, I do. I really like that. I like to see the Old Testament and the New Testament when they connect together. It's very good. And you've got Revelation 14 connecting with Genesis 2 and Exodus 20. They love it. This song, one of my favorites. I'm playing a lot of my favorites today. This is the Lindsay's. And this song, God's Amazing Grace, you know what? I look back on my life and I'm a sinner, I'm a doggone sinner. I've had struggles, I've had battles, and I've had failures. You don't hear that much from pastors, do you? <laughs> but most pastors be down the same road. If they're honest, I'm sure they all have. They are. Mm. The same things that tempt you, Hunty, would tempt me. The same things that tempt people out there tempt us. And we need Jesus, and we need forgiveness, and we repent. We need to overcome just the same as you do. And so this song about God's amazing grace, which is about the fact that if you give Jesus your heart, he's going to save you anyway. He's going to take, give him your heart, repent of your sins, tell him you want Jesus to be your saviour. He's going to save you, and you know what it's called? Grace. And this song is about God's amazing grace, the amazing God who loves you and will save you if you come to him.
Amazing Grace still amazes me. Great song. Yeah, I like it too. I like it a lot, actually. Harold, have we got you online? Yes, we have, Lord. Good to be back with you. Yeah, welcome to 2023. Right. We've been off for a while. I think we've been off, I said to Hunty, maybe six weeks or more. Six or seven weeks. At least that, yeah. Well, we went off just before Christmas, so... and then 20th we, of December was our last. 20th of December. So Hunty's yeah. going to work that out and tell us how long we've been <laughs> offline before. Well, it's the 21st of February, so... Almost eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a long time. Hey, we're going to talk about someone really special today. When I was preparing this with you, I got a little bit emotional about this man. Well, this guy, he, we owe him so much. He's yeah. given us everything. And it's a great story. It is. His name's William Tyndall. Tell, tell us about when and where he was born. He was born over 500 years ago in the 1490s in the west part of England, at North Nebley in Gloucestershire. So he's another Englishman. Another Englishman, yes. They um, really fronted, didn't they, for the Protestant Reformation, the English? They did. We have and a... They- Paid for with their lives often. Yeah, we have a lot to thank him for. And this guy, as much as any, he was pretty well pretty well educated. He went to university. Tell us about that. He went to the best, Oxford University, and he graduated from there. Okay, so did he do well? Do we know that? I suppose he did. Well, after he graduated, he was invited to become an instructor at the University of Cambridge. 
Oxford and Cambridge back then as they are today, probably the two big universities in the world, well, in England anyway, and possibly the world. Correct, yeah. Um, and if, if he's asked to be an instructor, that means this guy's intelligent, smart, at the top of the he's class. very smart. He's a great theologian. He's, he's an academic and he knows his onions. I like, <laughs> I like the <laughs> fact that, these, um, that God used young people in the Protestant Reformation, almost always young people. Here's a young man uh, about to do something significant and, and big. So, so what group did he join and, and what did that mean? So he, he's now an instructor and he joins a group at the university. What's significant about that? Well, in the he would have been in his 20s mm. and at the University of Cambridge, this group met in the White Horse Inn and they discussed the Bible, they discussed Luther's messages and they said, what is God talking to us? And he was one of this group who, who did this. It amazes me that Martin Luther's messages were crossing the channel and getting to the English. Um, powerful God. Now, what conclusion did Tyndall come to about the Bible? Well, he came to say the Bible and the Bible alone, it should determine all our faith, our practices and the doctrines of the church. We need the Bible, he said. It's God's message to us. Now, he wanted to translate the Bible and he wanted to start with the Old Testament. So this guy speaks fluent Hebrew and probably a little bit of Aramaic, um, but he, he was having problems in England. Uh, what were the problems and what did he do about it? Well, he believed that everyone should have their own Bible, and as you said, he wanted to translate it. But in England, the Bible was not for the, the every person. There was a Bible, it chained into some churches, and only those who could read Latin or something else could read it. And so he said, let's give them a Bible in their own language. But the authorities said, we don't want that. Were they the political, the church authorities, or both? It's both, because the church and the, and the government, they were all united in this. Did he have any support for his translation or the idea of translating the Bible? Yes, he did. In fact, he had started in London at the home of Humphrey Monmouth. We mentioned him a little while back, yep. and this wealthy merchant helped him a lot until he had to flee the country to translate it overseas. Now, at the time in England, the Catholic Church was reigning supreme. What was their attitude to the Bible and the people's language? Well, the Bible was only for the priests, and it was only some of them could read it. Not all the priests could read it even. Okay. Well, when did the Bible reach England, and what were the consequences? Well, he completed the New Testament in English in 1525. He printed it, and the first copies came the next year, 1526. The first English New Testament reached England. Ah, I did get that back to front, didn't I? I said Old Testament. It was New Testament that he yeah. printed first. So he's, he's translating mostly from Greek, is that correct? That's correct, and he starts with the Gospels, and on he goes. Now, Thomas More, very Sir Thomas More, very famous Englishman. I, I think probably still uh, looked up in high regard today in many quarters in England. What right. did he have to say about Tyndall and his Bible? Well, he didn't like the Bible being shared abroad, and he didn't like the fact that Luther believed that when you die, you sleep. 
Mm. You don't go to heaven. And uh, Tyndale was following Luther's beliefs in this and what the Bible said, and more really attacks him. So what, what was Tyndall's reply? Did he take it? Did he just disappear and keep quiet, or did he have something to say? No. He wrote an answer to Thomas More's dialogue, and he showed that the belief was in line with the original scriptural position, and he countered Thomas More's allegation that belief in soul sleep leads to lax living because the hope is then on the coming of Jesus again. Mm. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, we're going to look at that in, a, in the next month, uh, Soul Sleep, and what th- what that's all about. Um, tell right. us about what brought about, or tell us what brought about Tyndall's betrayal, because he was betrayed. Well, he went over to uh, Belgium, and he was staying with the merchants there in their little enclave, and he was safe there. But the King of England had sent a guy over there to... Uh, to try and trap him and get him. Henry Phillips was his name. Mm, mm. And he finally came in and made out he was a great friend. Met with him a few times. And then he said, I'm going to trap this guy. And what he does, first of all, can you imagine this? Oh, by the way, he said, you're coming out to lunch with me today, but I'm out of dough. Can you let loan, loan me two pounds? Mm. Now, two pounds then would have been something like, I don't know, 50 or $100 today. Mm, mm. And when he got that, out they went, and outside of this little enclave, uh, Henry Phillips had the soldiers there, and they grabbed him, and they arrested him. Where was he imprisoned, and what was the prison like? Well, the prison, he was taken out to a castle at Vilvord. It was about 9K out of Brussels. It wasn't a great place to stay, but... He made the best of the time when he was incarcerated there. He started to write again. So is that what he did while he was in prison? He wrote? Yes, he wrote a whole treatise. Faith alone justifies you before God. And uh, he was accused that if you believe that faith justifies, then you don't live properly. Mm. But he wrote a really good exposition of what the Bible says at this time. That's this idea that when you give your heart to Jesus and you repent that you're saved. It yes. Is, it, it is that simple. He also denied the existence of purgatory and that the saints can't help you if you pray to them. Well, they're dead too, as we're about That's to find right. out in the next few weeks. Um, what charges did they bring up against him? Well, they, he's condemned as a heretic because he didn't follow the the beliefs that the church of the time had. And so he's stripped of all his clothes, he's clothed in as a layman and left there for two months before they say we're going to finish this guy off. So August 1536, what, what happens? Well, he's led out from the castle to the southern gate of the town just after dawn and they strangle uh, William Tyndall and then they burn his body. But Lloyd, let me tell you, this guy right to his death had a great thought for the Bible and for England. Do you know what his last words were? I'm interested. I do actually, but share anyway with our, with our audience. His dying prayer, he says, Lord, open the King of England's eyes. Was the King, of, was know, the King of England King Henry? Yeah, but then after that, 1601, King
King James of Scotland came down, became James the First, and he says there should be Bibles. And so that's why we have the King James Bible. That's right. And in fact, the New Testament that William Tyndale translated was used extensively. The majority of the King James Bible was translated by William Tyndale. And they used that in 1611 when the Bible that many of us know was first done. So he never got to translate the Old Testament. No, he never got to that, but he really shared the message of Jesus and a belief in him. He was a great guy. I just think this guy would die for the Bible and that we can have a Bible in our language. That's fantastic. Yeah, he paid with his life so we could do it. What, what happened to his body? So they strangled him. They, they Did you say they burned him then? Yes, they burned him in his ashes over there in, in Vilvord in Belgium. So they never took him home. He never got buried back in his homeland. Never got home, but they put on a monument back where he was born, but not his body. What impact did his translation have on the New Testament today? You said the King James. Is it only King James, or is, his, is the impact of what he did found in all our versions? It keeps going to all our versions. He was the one who started to give the Bible in English so that everyone can have a Bible of their own and read who God is and his love for us and the fact that Jesus died for us and he's coming soon. Do you think there's anything we can learn from his life? I think there is. <laughs> but I'm just I'm asking you, do you think there's anything we can learn from his life? His life is one dedicated to sharing the love of God and salvation with as many as he can, and we should be reading the Bible that he helped get to us. You know what, Harold, as we close this little interview, every time I read the Bible, and this is every time, I never, ever don't stop to think that, hey, this came to me at great price. That's for and sure. this man paid for it with his life, cut way short. Because yep. for no other reason he wanted to translate the Bible, he translated the New Testament, and they executed him for his efforts. But we're being blessed today by him, and he'll be one of those guys when we get to heaven. Harold, it'll be oh, wonderful. I want to meet thing. him. Yeah, wonderful thing to talk to him. Thanks for, for joining us today. God bless you, brother. And Thank we'll you, and the best to you. We'll see you again soon. Sure, bye then. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. I like William Tyndall. Yeah, me too. What an amazing man. What a great story. And how absolutely grateful must the entire of Christendom be. Well, if you're reading the Bible, you're going to be, you're going to yeah, be grateful thanks. to William Tyndall. Yep, thanks to him. That's for sure. And the reason you read the Bible is because when you open it, you're going to meet Jesus. And yeah. that's what this song is about. Yep. From Sam and May and Praveen and Shamila. Shamila is actually my wife's best friend. Oh, They're nice. in India at the moment, actually. Really? Yeah. What are they doing in India? Holiday. That's where they come from. Okay. We're away with the song. Is that it, Hunty? No, no. I've got the song ready to roll. I just... Um... We're away. We're away? I don't know. Something's playing in my earphones. Let's go for it. Jesus well, is still... If something's playing in your earphones... I wonder what that might be. <laughs> Welcome. I don't know. Oh, there's friend. some gremlins in our studio this <laughs> afternoon because none of my devices are rolling. Can right we put now. the song on? Yeah, we can. Let's go for it. it. Let's go for it.
men tried so hard to prove that God's not really real, while others say they know for sure His love you cannot feel, but I know it's real within my soul. is still the answer, is the answer for your soul. And though some may say He doesn't fail with their philosophy, I know Jesus is still the answer, He's always been
beautiful song that won't be the last time you hear that on our program. Yeah, I can guarantee you, listeners, um, Jesus is still the answer. That's what the Bible is all about. Hey, Hunty, do you know what happened? I do. I actually worked the, it out. The, there was confusion. <laughs> now, fortunately, our listeners couldn't hear, and they'd be wondering, what on earth are these guys going Jibber on about? jabbering about. <laughs> but what happened was, as it came to an end and Harold Harker hung up, I got Hunty, I got the I, I got the beginning of the new song, all in my earphones. Yep. It was a cacophony. And is don't that forget. The, what, is that the word? Cacophony. Cacophony of sound. What happened, Hunty? Well, I think um, Harold put you on hold, put us on hold. <laughs> so we got on hold music as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, praise the Lord, that never got onto the radio. We've got a very special guest. We, I think we've had him before. David Gilmore, are you there? I certainly am, Lloyd. It's uh, great to to catch up with you, and I just love that song. Yeah. It, it'll have a big bearing on what we're going to be talking about. I think so. He, he, it is a beautiful song, sung by four of my really good friends, too. Um, mm. Yeah, really good friends. Two of them were church members of ours at New Hope. Oh, before we lost them. That's so sad. And Sam and May, May and Sam. they're always mm. down at New Hope. I actually saw Sam and May at a wedding on, on Sunday, so... Um, wow! Yeah, beautiful, beautiful song. Um, and Jesus is the answer. Now, now, David, uh, you're a pastor. Where do you live? I live in Alice Springs. How long have you been there? I've been here ten years, or just over ten years. Are you expecting to stay a little longer? I I love it here. Yeah. Um, by God's grace, I'm I'm hoping we can stay here as long as uh, we well, certainly for a few more years and as, and even longer if possible. I don't dare ask how old you are, but I reckon you're older than me. <laughs> well, that's pretty yeah, hard. I'm nearly, you know, the Bible talks about three score and ten. Well, I'm not around about that time. I knew that because because uh, we kind of grew up together. When I say yes. grew up, you were always ahead of me, and you found Jesus before me too. Which yes, yeah, which was a an amazing experience. But anyway, hey, Auntie, my my sound's gone. Take weird. your headphones off. Just use the speaker. I find it too hard. Oh, okay. Uh, we're in, we're in we're, trouble today. We're having teething problems here, uh, David, so you'll just have to put yeah. up. <laughs> I react. Hunty takes the teething. Oh, you've got it back again, mate. Oh, look. Hunty takes it all in his stride. Day of gremlins. But I'm, I'm the one who's <laughs> <laughs> jumping around here today. Um, so you, you, you live out in Alice Springs. Um, you, you're not going to retire yet. Is that what you're saying to me? No way, no way. I, I'm not thinking of retiring at all. I love working so here so much. If you're headed up towards 70, how much longer do you think you're going to work? Well, I, I told someone, somebody asked me that question. I said, well, I'm thinking of slowing, around, slowing down. You know, we had a pastor out here, yep. Ray Stanley, and he took a program at 92. So if I can uh, add think. Uh, a tremendous program. If I can follow his example, I'll be very happy. That's would you, provided would you I've got seriously the go to 92 if you could? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I'm going to retire when I'm 67. <laughs> <laughs> Serious? Well, come up, come up here. Well, that's what we're going to do. Give you, I'll give you something to do for another 20 years after you, you retire because pastors don't retire. They just get retreaded. Well, Hunty and I are going to... Um, He's, he's got his caravan. Yeah, we've got a great plan. I think I'm going to get myself a um, motorhome, although maybe a caravan, but I'm not a very good backer like Hunty. So I'm a bit yeah, off. Yeah, you learn it in a heartbeat. I'm a bit off the caravan. You can barefoot water ski, man. 
No, not anymore. <laughs> Didn't you listen on Saturday? I told a story on Saturday. That's what he's going back to. Hey, um, um, so, um, yeah, we're just going to go yeah, around. We're going to go we're around, Australia. around Australia, do a big lap, and we're going to film and do stories um, for Jesus, tributes and testimonies oh. and stories for Jesus. And we will stop in places and run outreach programs, little places that never see pastors, and that's what we're Beautiful. doing. Beautiful. So we're going to come out and visit you. You'll probably still be there, 67. You'll be 77 going on 80. <laughs> I believe you're going to be, I reckon you're going to keep working too, I know that. How many churches do you take care of out there and what's the distance? All right, that's a good question. Uh, if you, if I'm in the middle basically of a, a 1,000 kilometre diameter, so if I go north to Tennant Creek where we have a church building, we have two Bible workers there mm. full time that yeah. live in the church premises, we all our churches here. We have three church buildings, yep, and they are all uh, have the facilities to accommodate full time Bible workers. So we have two at Tennant Creek to the north. That's five hundred and thirty kilometres one way. Wow! And Fink is to the south southeast, next to the Simpson Desert. And it's 431 kilometres. That's a 1,000 k's. 1,000 k's, basically, um, from north to south. And we are, if you go west, it's, it's yeah, uh, we've got a church group with a chapel. It's not a church building. Yep. So that's, um, we have a Bible worker there who married an Aboriginal. She's a white lady. Uh, she's still there. Her husband passed away. Now, when you say there, where, where are you? Where's West? What town? West. It, it's towards the Western Australian border, obviously, but it's a place called Hast's Bluff. Okay. Or yeah, is that a tar it, road it, out there or dirt? It's dirt uh, for the last seventy-six odd kilometres. How many, and, how many people live in that, in that town? How long? How many? Well, uh, it, on the records, it says 150 to 200. So you got no uh, supermarkets or stuff out there. Yeah, it's it's a closed community, but I've been adopted into the Skin family, so I can go there anytime. Oh, because so you're I'm allowed. Basically, nice. Yeah. But if Hunty and I were travelling around Australia, we can't go in there. You have to get a permit or, or an invitation. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything to look at out there, or nothing? Beautiful, mate. It, it this is. World class scenery to drive there, uh, the tourists would be drooling. You know, it's the, the West McDonald's. Yep. S- stunning mountains, there's chasms, there's gorges, there's. Is it hard to be able to get a permit to go in there? Yeah, well, you, you'd have to have a reason to go there, and, and people, you know, you could. Uh, the only thing, well, they have a big cross there up on a. They're making it a tourist spot, so yeah. they. I think things are going to change. A so bit they want tourists in there, and the yeah, they do. They do. And, they and do. if you go east, how far from Alice Springs to the east do you go? We we can go as far to the east as we do to the west. So yeah, it, it's a thousand kilometres east to west, and uh, we we've been to Harsh Range, which is west up the Plenty Highway. Fink is also one hundred and thirty k's to the west of the Stewart Highway. So. Is Fink a closed community too? No, no, it's an open community. They have the Fink Desert Race there. 
It's yeah. it's a, a beautiful community. That was uh, it, the railway line used to go through there, but in seventy four and seventy five, the uh, bridge got washed out, so they moved it to a more uh, viable okay. uh, sort of a place for the railway line, about one hundred and thirty k's to the do you, west. I think. Do you get around these places pretty regularly? Uh, yeah, I, I don't go as regularly now that the fuel costs have gone up, but I have people there yeah, and I, I support them. So uh, that's the way it works best here because in the Aboriginal communities, um, they're, they're our family and we, yeah. we love these people and you need someone there to care for them. If they're spiritual babes, you know, they're just yeah, yeah. new in the faith, which is mostly the case, um, you, they need... Feeding with the scriptures, with care and love, yeah. you know. So, how um, many how many Adventist Christians have you got in your area? Do you reckon that you care for? Now, I know you care. We're about to talk about this in a moment, but you care for the community, full stop. But how many Adventist Christians have you got? Their church members, if you if you combine them all up together. Well, um, Tennant Creek, they have. From, yeah, up to 70, not necessarily every Sabbath day, so but there's 70 people coming on a, a regular basis. That's Tennant Creek. Uh, Fink, uh, about 30. Okay, we're at 100. Uh, here at Alice Springs, we had 96 for the Sabbath school let's for say, our survey. Let's say 200. That's, that's just for the Sabbath school, yep. including kids. If you go to the west, we'd have a a group there of, you know, a dozen to 20. Let's say 220. Then we have Mankata, which is a a chapel. It's it's 80K south, and it's uh, strongly Adventist. It's an Adventist community. Yep. Um, And we would have about 20 there. Okay. So we're, we're getting up, what, 250, 300? Yeah, and they're not the only ones. We have yeah. a nurse at Ali Karung, which is, uh, and and there is a few believers there. We okay. we have yep. others that go to Mamarafa College and have been baptised out in other communities. Yeah. Then we have literature evangelists that have, have gone through with books. Yep. Um, so now, just just so it, our it, listeners it, know who they are, these are guys who go selling books, um, often health books and stuff like that. Um, now, you where do you live? I live in Alice Springs on the north side of Alice Springs in, in a place called Breitling, a suburb of Alice Springs. Did you, you buy a house out there or you rent? How, you've been out there a long time. That's, I'm just wondering. It, the church has a, a house here right next to the, on the church block. And you live there? And I live, I've lived there ever since I've been here, yes. Tell us about the trouble in Alice Springs. And I know that it's not just Alice Springs, but let's just for this conversation talk about Alice Springs. What's happening out there? You're on the ground. I want to get past the media, the hype, the newspaper and all the rest. What's actually happening in Alice Springs? Well, it's, it's been a long journey. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, if you go back to the time when the Aboriginals used to work here as stockmen and they were, mm. they had jobs, they, they had, uh, how shall I put it? They had some self worth. They had a reason to, they, mm. they could look after their families and this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that, 
they'd work on stations and what have you, and the whole family would be fed and they'd grow up there. That was their life. Well, that's fantastic were, what, they were, too, they were they? Good. Fabulous they horsemen. Good. Yeah. Oh, second to none. That's right. In the, second to none in the world, actually. Some of the best stockmen, horsemen, cowboys yeah. in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And they knew the bush, and and they put the two together. Oh, man, you've got a, you've got, you know, you, you can't beat them. Yeah. And and what my skin name came from a brother who was one of those. He was one of the best, and and this, I can tell you some interesting stories. Uh, but the government decided, and look, I, we're not criticising anyone here, but I'm just sure. just showing how the story has gone, uh, and. The, the government decided, well, this is not fair. They should get paid the same as other workers on the station. Well, the station owners couldn't afford to do that, and, and therefore we we find they're unemployed. And uh, then would it, would it be came, fair to say motorcycles and helicopters and all those sort of things took over a little bit too? The actual- that, that's that's part of the story, but it, it, it was. Initially, it was, it was more that equal pay. Okay. Um, which which and, in itself is a fair enough concept too. Oh, it sounds great, yeah. but it didn't work well. And then the next thing, um, you know, Centrelink and all this sort of thing came in, which is which is great when it's a need, but when it becomes a dependency, mm. um, you've got people who, the, the younger generations, are now idle. Mm. They're not working. And I was talking to a, a, a correctional officer and he he put it plain, she put it plainly. There's three things missing with these kids. Mm-hmm. One is no love. Mm. Number two is no hope. Mm. And number three is nothing to do. Mm. Now, when you get that and, and... So is that what you'd say is the root cause of the trouble out there and why there's so many kids on the street? No love. It's a, what, what it's was a big it? No, part. No love. Um, it's a big part of it, and then alcohol. Can, can we just go in. through them just before we go to the alcohol? No love. No, yep. Nothing to do. And what was the other one? No hope. No hope. They got no no future. They they can't see any hope in the future. They 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 they're being abused because yeah. their parents are on alcohol, drugs. It's not just alcohol. There's marijuana. There's ice. There's all sorts of stuff out here, and. The parents, unfortunately, because they've got no, they're thinking the same way. They got nothing, so they just go for the alcohol and drugs, because they they just got. They're trying to block out the pain. They're trying to block out yeah, the, yeah. all the stuff that's facing them, the prejudice and whatever else, you know. So this is why and, the kids. This is why the kids are on the street. Well, the, the, the parents are drinking on drugs. The kids are getting abused verbally, physically, sexually in, in some cases. So they don't want to stay in the house. So they get out of the house and then they get on the street and then, you know, they learn the street language and they learn the street habits. And um, and then how many kids? Happens, how many kids are we talking about on the street, say, in Alice Springs? What You know, just roughly, what sort of numbers are we looking at? Well, that's a good question. Uh, let me give you a, a, a short story. I was, I was going down the road to pick up bread. I work for Second Bite, which is a, an organisation that is associated with ADRA, mm. which is a, a, a Adventist Disaster and Relief Agency. And we 
we give I give bread to Aboriginals. I've got lots of friends. Beautiful, and I, let me say this: an so, Aboriginal so sec, friend. Second bite is a food distribution aid agency. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It, it, that's yep. what that's what it is, and it's free of charge. Yep. So, I've given up out to one, up to one thousand loaves of bread, and sometimes other food out. In we've had to distribute that in one day, and and I was coming in, and I saw about thirty kits. Yep. And these are all, when I say kids, they'd be from about 8 to 15, I guess. Yep. A- and there were girls and boys. Yep. I drove in in my old Camry. Yep. And it's a 96 model and it fits a lot of bread and it's it's a beaut car. And mm. so I just drove in, didn't lock the car, didn't think of anything, was looking at my phone. And they were behind me at the shopping centre. I didn't know, notice that they, they came towards me. And all of a sudden I had... Uh, f- three, four boys uh, invite themselves into my car and just jumped in. Mm. Uh, and they were straight through the console, straight through the glove box, and they were looking for stuff right next to me. And they were chatting to me while they were doing it. And um, m- there was a friend of mine, Blade, who had a, a truck, a delivery truck with the bread. He's the one who called me there. Mm-hmm. And next thing, these young Aboriginal girls noticed these boys and they come up and they were giggling and, and I had a bit of a chat with them. And mm. then they went up to Blade and they said, hey, those boys are going to get his bank card. Mm. And um, they asked me to, to take him somewhere. They, Can you give us a lift somewhere? Which, of course, you, you don't do that mm. Um, mm. because you may lose your car, you may lose your life, you know. Mm. Um, I didn't feel threatened through all this, by the way. I was just talking to them naturally, and uh, but I, you know, I knew to be that what they were doing. So I got out of the car, and uh, Blade, after he had spoken, the girls came up and said, "Do you know these kids? Because if you're looking from the outside, you think they're just mates hopping in the car." Mm. But well, that, that's because lot. you'd you'd t- you'd brought the temperature down just by being friendly and and ministering to kids that actually are a part of your congregation, really. They're part yeah. of your who you got to work with, yeah. There, but but Blade looked at it differently. He looked yeah. on it as a threat to me, and he came down and he told him, "Get gone, get out of here." Yeah. Well, they reacted to him a lot different than they reacted to me. Yeah. Um, and um, he he sort of walked back towards his his, his van, and they, they went round the corner. This is at the the uh, to the car park at Coles. And as he was walking back, one of them, and I tell you what, he was a pretty good shot. Yeah. A, a, a missile, I don't know if it was a stone or a lump of steel, but something very hard just missed Blade's head. Um, he got into the car and got a next thing he was out with a steel bar and they scattered. Mm. And it was interesting how next thing there were nine policemen came, a lot of them armed, walking the streets because uh, it was people breaking into, the kids were just breaking into cars. Sometimes they smashed windows. And the Coles lady there where I picked up the bread, she's worked with Aboriginals, uh, had trouble with drunks and what have you. She's been at Garratha, Western Australia, Broome, Western Australia, Catherine in, in Northern Territory, places where you get, you can have some issues. Mm. And she said she'd never had any trouble. She's over talked to them. These are beautiful people, Aboriginals. Mm-hmm. But she said, you know what, I'm scared of these kids. 
You know, we're, we're, we're running out of time here, unfortunately, David. Um, yeah. I wonder whether, because I know you've got a little bit more to share with you, whether I could ask you to come in again next week. Sure. Because there are sure. some other sure. things I, I want to talk a bit more about the root cause of, and why these kids are on the street. I want to talk about the alcohol ban with the government and, and does that work? I, I want to talk a little bit more about some of your experiences, the dangers that you've had, the great, yep. the great victories you've had with Jesus, with these precious people, um, yeah. and, and what the church can do out there and, and the future. So I wonder, could, could we get you in next week and, and talk some more uh, about this? Uh, Absolutely. I've got a good story that I want to tell you of how Jesus turned around a fight between two feuding parties at Haas Bluff where it came to one group left. It's an exciting story and how that all turned around because of Jesus. Looking forward to talking to you next week. Um, I know it's a vexing problem. I know these people are precious uh, to Jesus. Um, yep. And to his cause, he died for them. Um, he yep. made, he created them. Um, and yep. He really is the answer. But I want to, if, if it's okay, talk a little bit more about that with you next week. Oh, I'd love to, Lloyd. And, okay. uh, look, thank you. And, Je- and Jesus is the only answer. He is. There's no doubt about that. God bless you. Yeah. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you this time next week, brother. Thanks, Lloyd. It's thank been you. great talking. Yeah, bye bye. God bless. Bye. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Wow. I don't think there's a guy who's got a heart more for our Indigenous people than David Gilmore. Who can sit in a car whilst your car's being ransacked? Well, he's he's like that. He, he He's the sort of guy who stays calm, brings the temperature down. Um, and look, for what it's worth, it's not just our Indigenous people that are struggling out there with drugs and alcohol and abuse and it's pretty much through the australian population yeah and i can take you to places in sydney right now where the same challenges are there um and it's going to be interesting to see what what is the answer out there in alice spring and what alice springs and what is working hey hunty have you ever been out there Yes, many times. I've never been there. Oh, mate, it's a great part of Australia. Yeah, looking forward to it. Picturesque. Yeah, looking forward. How, how far is, is, is uh, Uluru Airs Rock from, from... It's a day's drive. So it's a long, long way. Yeah. yeah. How about those 1,000 k's? Yeah. <laughs> this guy's got a... And petrol going up to over $2 a litre, and I reckon it'd be $4 a litre. I don't know what it is out there, but it'd be, it's going to be expensive. Hey, this next song... Hang on, hang on. I want to tell you one more quick thing. Yeah. Before they took... The speed limit, I mean, change the speed limit. You could drive from Darwin to Alice, Alice to Ayers Rock. You could drive as fast as your car would let you. There was no speed limit for years there. Yeah. And wait for this. You ready? No accidents. They put a 110 kilometer speed limit on it, and now there's accidents all the time. Yeah. Mm, you'd have to convince me on that. Apparently, when there's no speed limit, people drive where they feel safe. When there's 110, everyone just does 110. Apparently. You know, the Autobahn in Germany is the safest road on the planet. Until there's a crash. Yeah, but number of people per kilometre travelled, it's the least accident road on earth. Yeah, mate, I've seen the camels and the kangaroos and the... <laughs> mate, I had a I had a bunch of eagles almost take me out. Remember that coming home from oh. Western Australia? I mean, there's... I remember the emu that had a go? We were going yes, along and he... Yes, that's it was a he, and we're going along. Remember how he changed and charged towards us, but we're doing 110. He wasn't getting anywhere near us. But the, just the animals out there, if you hit them at that sort of speed, oh, it, it could be... I have hit an emu at 100. That would be It's curtains. devastating. Yeah. Emu sure. ran off, of course. My car wasn't so happy. 
The emu got out of it. The emu just ran off like he'd barely even touched me. This this song, Something Within, by Stephen Hill. Stephen Hill passed away a few years ago. I don't, I don't know, Stephen. He, I think you would, actually, if you if you saw him. He's a, Again, he sings for Gaither a fair bit. Oh, yeah. Um, this song is talking about the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, and I'll tell you what. If you want to see a difference in these communities, if you want to see a difference in Australia amongst those out there who are struggling, battling, doing it hard, see them get Jesus. Yep. And see what happens when Jesus puts the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, in their hearts. They go from troubled teenagers to being some of the finest people on earth, and it's all about Jesus and what he can do with you through the Holy Spirit. This is, and we're going to find out more about that next week, because I tell you, he has the most amazing stories of the power of Jesus and what Jesus is doing with those precious people out there. Good song, this one, yep. Something Within. Okay. Woo!
Jesus. I'll tell you what, hunty. When yeah. you get something within you, and it's the Holy Spirit, you better hold on, man. Because he lights a fire and yes. soul in your belly that can't be put out. Yes. Having the third person of God hanging around inside your heart, inside your mind, teaching you, showing you the way. I mean, this is why I can't for one single minute go down the atheist road. I don't believe it. I don't. Uh, I won't cop it because I'm experiencing what that song talked yeah, about. Yeah, me too. Doesn't mean that I got it all right. Doesn't mean I don't struggle at mm-hmm, times. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I don't fall and have my, my my own little battles, as you know I do, Hunty. But I can tell you right yes, we now, do, brother. what he's singing about there is real and powerful. So, ask the Aussie pastor. It's time for us, Aussie pastor. You know what? I haven't plugged the phone number once the entire program. We better do it because we need questions for the next. Uh, yeah, we do. We, we're, we're running on last year, so we do need <laughs> new questions. So give it to. Uh, we're, we're just. Hey, by the way, yes. I just want to give a shout out to you and a pat on the back. Oh dear. I don't do what that very much. Do what I have I done? done? <laughs> All these gremlins. While the, look, we've had some real gremlins today. We have. You're going to see me being shocked by them more than Hunty. <laughs> He's just about fixed them. Have you fixed them all? I've, I've got my iron out, and most of the creases now are iron. I can out. hear can myself. You, can you imagine that? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. And, and look, praise the I'm, Lord. I'm embarrassed that the creases are there in the first place. Oh, mate, I, I, I can't tell you, our listeners, I can't tell you how hard Hunty's been working. And I might add, with very little help <laughs> from me. And guess what else, listeners? The air conditioner in our studio only got fixed this morning, so I've been doing it in a 47 degree sauna. <laughs> I don't have a lot of sympathy for you there. I think it's good for you. Even a little bit of sympathy? Someone actually wrote an a, a email to me. No, sent me a letter. And they sent me a letter with a, with a, with a, um, with a donation too, but they said, could you just be kinder to Hunty? Oh, listener, I love you. They said, can you please? Whoever that is, you are my favourite listener. Oh, thanks for the donation. <laughs> it's a it's a Christian program, so I gotta be careful. So but I felt like I nice felt like writing you, back and saying no. <laughs> fire, fire away, mate. Look, if one of us makes a mistake, it's the it's the sworn duty for the other person to point it out. We're Aussies. We, we give are. each other a hard time and enjoy it. All right, here we go. But we love each other. other. Okay, we're best friends. Actually. We, got, we are best friends. Here. We've got six minutes left. Let me quickly plug the number. If you want to send in a question this year to ask the Aussie pastor. Yeah, yeah. Any time this year, send us a question. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. But more specifically, for next Tuesday, yes. That's send, what us, I'm thinking. send us a question, and you can text them to us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one, or you can email us, and the email address is theaussiepastor at gmail dot com. Okay. That number again, zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one. Now, your first question. I don't even know the answer to this. We want the question is, what is your view of The Chosen? You know what The Chosen is? I do not. You do, actually. Do I? Yeah, you do. Oh, just The Remnant? No. No. The Chosen is a series put out by a guy in the United States about the life of Jesus, which has taken the world by storm. So if you Google, if, if you're a listener and you haven't seen this, you Google Chosen and you can watch this series and Hunty, it's... It's state of the art. It's as good as any Hollywood production. Yep. And you can watch it for free. I can't believe you haven't come across The Chosen. I might have. I oh, might have. I'm sure you have. You must be living a sheltered life, bro. No, my brain's full. <laughs> and then you fax it come in, bump something old out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, he is from Sydney, so. I... Um, what's my view of this series? Um, yep. Cautious. 
I've always had a problem, Hunty. Yep. And you know this about me. When stories about Jesus deviate mm. off yep. the Bible. From the Bible narrative, yep. And it deviates big time from the Bible narrative to create the story. I get that and I understand it. So when I shared this on my Facebook page about my uh, cautious views on the chosen, I got hammered because they're Christians and probably 98% of them love it. Mm. But I had some real questions. And so I, I, I suggest caution for no other reason than it deviates so severely from the Bible story, from the Bible narrative. But look, I get that it is helping people to look at Jesus with a much softer and more welcoming attitude and view. And so if you watch The Chosen, it drives you to the Bible, I guess that's a good thing. But for mm. me, mm. probably because I am a Bible student, it just goes too far away from the narrative for me to enjoy it. Got it. But if, it's, if Jesus is using it to draw you to him, I guess that's okay. But I, again, I want to point you to the fact that if you want to know the story of Jesus, go and read it in the Bible. All right. Question two. Who's the, who is the boss of the Trinity? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, well, the Trinity is this biblical belief that there is one God expressed in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Yep. What would your answer be to that? I'd say you couldn't you couldn't say any any one of them. The three of them are one. So yeah, they're co-equal. So it's co-equal, yeah. yeah. People say, well, one. is that that there is one God, not three gods. Only one God expressed in three persons. Yeah. Closest I get to it is marriage. Who's yes. the boss in your marriage, Hunty? Oh, well, um, we like to share everything, so. Actually, they do. I was going to say, he likes to think he is, and Jackie will probably give him that sense, but no. No, no together we decide everything together. Oh, yes. We, we, we are a democracy. <laughs> they are Mr. and Mrs. Perfect. There's no doubt oh, about perfect. Oh, here we yes. go. Oh, you do. Oh, and the you, mud rises you, into the air, and I just no, felt some. <laughs> you do do very well, actually, you two. So do you and uh, this guy. You, yeah. guys, you guys rock on really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is no boss. No. Father, Son, Holy Spirit are co-equal. They, they share the same authority. Um, they are three people, in three persons in, in one who make one God. People say, oh, that's confusing. Well, you look at marriage as the best I have, and that's not a real accurate one, but in marriage we get the idea that two are one. You know, mm. I, saw, I saw a young couple get married on Sunday. Yep. Um, she walks in, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful bride, very handsome groom. They walk in as two individuals. They got married and walked out as one. Mm-hmm. It's a concept we do have. I think the Trinity is a little bit like that, but that's inaccurate too because it's not a marriage. Mm. But they are one, one God. Mm. Um, and and how God will express himself when we get to heaven and we're all gathered around the throne, I don't know. We, we're going to find out, aren't we? We are. I know that God the Father and God the Holy Spirit are spirit. They're not actual physical beings. Okay, mate. All right, before, before we move on, I remember when my daughter was little and I, someone had told her something, some older person had told her that the husband was the head of the family. Mm, I like immediately that. my daughter said, yeah, well, when I'm married, I'll be the neck and I'll turn that head wherever I like. <laughs> <laughs> She's heard that from someone. <laughs> anyway. That's, um, a, that's a good question. Is the husband the head of the family? Not in their house. We share it. I know what the Bible says, but no, in their I, house I, we share it. I'm the head of my family. I am. What does that mean? We should look at that. 
Yeah, maybe we've only got 44 seconds left not today. Not today, I'm not but... thinking today. <laughs> Can we insert that question? Can that be a question from Lloyd for next week? For next week, yeah. I, wanna, I actually want to I want to look at yeah. that because I actually am the head of my family. Well, the, the Bible says you're the spiritual head. I'm the head. <laughs> Probably going to turn a whole lot of viewers off. You better not turn off because we're going to explore that. You're going to explain that, aren't you? I am. You know what? I'm not going to move on to the next question. You know why? No, do it. Do it. Quick, quick, quick. No, okay. All right. I'm highly stressed. What can I do? Keep the Sabbath. There you go. How's that? Great answer. (laughs) It didn't take long, did it? Well, I think we're coming to the end of the program. We're going to have one more song, Hunty. You ready to go? Oh, no, I'm not. You're not? Well, I'm going to talk while you're ready now. Are you ready to go? This this song's a beautiful song, and you'll enjoy it. Shane McConnell, one of my favourite songs, I Just Came to Praise the Lord. Rip a song. And that's what this program's all about. We've been talking about the Sabbath today, amongst a whole lot of other things. The Bible study was on the Sabbath, and the Sabbath is about praising God. I can still hear some stuff going on in the background there, Yes, I just was there to see if it had disappeared, but when our last guest, David, left, Telstra put us on hold with hold music. So that was hold music I again. Just, I just faded up the little list. I could see something on flashing on the screen. What's what Gremlin's hiding in there? Ah, uh, we've had a wild time anyway, today. I pulled just pulled the plug out. Can't do it now. <laughs> All right, mate. I'm going to say a prayer to finish. Um, thanks for joining us today. Uh, if you're interested in seeing more of what we do, go onto the Aussie Pastor Facebook page. 
um, and you're going to see a whole lot. I'm kind of taking a hiatus off my personal Facebook page for a while. Yep. I think you'll still put some stuff on it for me, Hunty. I but, will. I will. Um, go onto our YouTube or our Facebook page, Aussie Pastor, you'll catch up with us there. I want to say a prayer, Hunty. Yep. Dear Lord, I just uh, want to thank you for being with us today. You're a good God. I want to thank you for the Sabbath, which gives us rest. Oh, how we need that, Lord. I want to thank you uh, for stories like we heard today of Wycliffe and especially what uh, David is doing out there in Alice Springs and in that district. Bless our Indigenous people, how much love they are from you and how precious they are to us. Bless them, help them through their challenges and may they rise up to be a power in this nation, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, my name's Lloyd Grollam and I'm the Aussie pastor. And my name's Hunty and I'm the tech. And we love you. You did good. (laughs) Yeah, we do love you, but Jesus Jesus loves loves you so much much more. more. See you next time. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, or ways to support us, go to findjesus.tv. 